So he, he, he sent me a WhatsApp and said, Mario, didn't you see your emails? And I said, no, what's in there? Well, uh, me and Rick are organizing this course in Miami and we'd like you to come. And that's it. And I said, man, they are asking me to be professor in this course. And then I called to my wife. I called to Dr. Davis. I called to, to some friends of mine. And then I thought to myself when I was talking to my father, wait, maybe he's just offering me like a free pass for his course. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Rhinoplasty podcast with me, Dr. Cameron McIntosh. So today is very special because it's the last episode of season two. Ladies and gents, it's been fantastic to do another recording uh, of the Rhinoplasty podcast this season. And for the month of September, which is our last month of season two, the theme is Hola, South America. So I have lined up somebody very special as our last speaker. This is a guy who I think has got a super bright future in rhinoplasty. He is already um, punching way above his weight, uh, even though he's a little guy, he's very sharp. But uh, it's really such a pleasure to welcome all the way from America in Brazil, none other than Mario Ferraz. Mario, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you very much, Cameron. It's, uh, it's an honor to be here because I was checking all the superstars in rhinoplasty was in your uh, in your podcast. You did something uh, very very special, very great, and uh, no doubt for a Olympic athlete. I think you you you, <laughs> you were the the only person uh, able to do that to put all the people together. Thank you very much for uh, for this kind invitation, Mario. No, man, it's cool. And it's cool to end off. Uh, it, it takes a lot of work, but it's nice to, um, I'm inspired by all the stuff you do. And I think it's a, a, it's like an apt way to finish the season is to chat to a guy who's also very involved with education of rhinoplasty. Now I dial back to uh, having kind of seen you at a few conferences, but really the, the time that it stood out with me was, um, Carlos Neves's course, uh, his, his face course in, in, um, Lisbon. Yes. It was in uh, 2019, just a few months before I sat the board exams for facial plastics in Washington, and you were very involved there. So, yeah, that's where it dials back to. So, let's start off with this: is for the listeners a little bit about your journey for where this all started to now being so involved with rhinoplasty around the world. Well, you know, it's not a like a just one day decision. It's like, as you, you said, it's a, a journey that little by little comes to change us on our uh, pathway. So it started in medical school. My father is a, is a doctor and I grew up in the middle of, uh, of a, a medical family. Uh, all my two uh, brothers are also involved in medicine. One is gynecology, the other one is ophthalmology. So uh, I decided to to do uh, otolaryngology after being involved with the thoracic surgery and also uh, neurosurgery. I was the one who created the league in the university about neurosurgery. And, um, and after uh, a while when I, I had to choose which especially specialty to follow, um, I thought a lot and I picked otolaryngology 
because it 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 was a very broad field and i was not sure what really i wanted to do uh in my um last year of medical school i've been to uh massachusetts general hospital i did a clerkship for one and a half month in harvard and i always thought about uh, plastic surgery but uh because i like it to draw i like to paint but when I thought about plastic surgery, uh, I never considered it because I thought it was like a, a van thing. It was not a medicine. So uh, yes. in this clerkship, I went there to know more about otolaryngology. But I met a guy, Mark Cheney. Probably he, he doesn't remember me, but all the situation. And I thought there is this guy in otolaryngologist who performed plastic surgery, facial plastic surgery, but not only cosmetic. He did clefts, he, he did reconstructive stuff as cancer and all the other stuff. And I said, man, that's what I want to do. And then when I get in otolaryngology, I got in otolaryngology thinking about being a facial plastic surgeon. That's how it started. And uh, as, as time goes by, I, I finished my otolaryngology, I did my fellowship uh, with Ted, Ted Cook and Tom Wang in, in USA. But before going there, I had three months left and I decided to go to south of Brazil where I met Dr. Wilson Davis. In fact, my professor in the university, uh, in, the, in, the, in the residence program, uh, she pointed me, you must go to Wilson David. And who, who's this guy? Because he was not among all the university stuff. And I said, well, that's the only place I have to go. And I went to Lajeado, south of Brazil, just to prepare myself for my fellowship in Portland. And, uh, and when I was there, well, this guy was amazing. He did all this stuff. He did facelift. Um, he did um, blepharoplasty. And how I got in love with Dr. Davis was because he founded uh, a place for cleft lip and palate patients. He started a foundation that today is the fourth biggest foundation for cleft uh, lip and palate treatment in Brazil. At the time I was there, we had like 4,000 4, patients. Now it's uh, more than 10,000 patients in treatment. So uh, it's, it's amazing. So I got, no, oh, I like this guy. <coughs> and, uh, and I think he liked me too. And, uh, and we started like a, 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 a very nice relationship. So he prepared me to my fellowship, but regarding to rhinoplasty, he taught me the wrong way because I learned how to do what they call today preservation rhinoplasty. And uh, I started nice. my journey uh, learning preservation rhinoplasty. When I went to US, uh, I presented to everyone like, oh, this is amazing. This is an another way to do rhinoplasty. And they, no, it doesn't work. No, that's a bullshit. Oh, nobody cared about me. And that's okay. And, 
and when I, I we can come back this let, let me answer how, where, how we, yeah. we we end yeah. up uh, with rhinoplasty then I came here and I said I was invited for conferences as when courses because I was a young guy had a very nice um, background because I spent four years traveling around the world working with uh, many surgeons and when I came I had like a many new knowledge so they put me to to speak in conferences in congress but everyone talked about rhinoplasty so i started to talk about reconstruction i started to talk about the facelifts and all the uh, about cleft palate uh, cleft lip and palate uh, treatment but um you know patients came in the beginning i had more facelift patients but then people started to know me by rhinoplasty and everyone wanted to come for rhinoplasty. And I said, well, let's focus on rhinoplasty. And that's how it happens. It was little by little by little. Yes, and it's years of work to be an overnight success. And you know, uh, David, Wilson Davis always told me, Mario, you are going to everywhere, um, you're going to do uh, facial paralysis, microtia, cancer reconstruction, but you will end up like me. You will do rhinoplasty and facelifts. And the guy was right, yeah, you know. That's awesome. Wow. So so one of the questions I had is about the, the cadaver dissection course you've been running with Dean as well. How did you end up with... Uh, with him coming to Brazil, and he's, he's sounds like he's coming quite often. Well, you're talking about uh, Carlos and um, <clears throat> and the course in Lisbon. So uh, yes. I know Carlos was here, and he 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 told how we met, and then after we met in in Portland, uh, we became like the best friends. It was like uh, I knew him for um, all my life. And we we end up becoming like brothers, and I I yeah. took him to to come to Brazil and see this this amazing guy Wilson Davis. Um, after yeah. I went back to Brazil, I spent one more year doing my second fellowship, the full year with uh, Wilson Davis, and then I stayed going back to Lajado because I was in charge of the cleft and leap uh, uh, cleft uh, clinic cleft foundation so I made a lot of surgery and well Le Lisbon uh, Carlos started to invited me to see the co-director of his course so uh, I or I helped him to organize these uh, um, these dissection courses in Lisbon. And then I thought, well, let's move it to Brazil. <coughs> and we made all the arrangements with the guy who provided all the cadavers. And we, we brought all the system to, to Brazil. And I started to do the section courses. It started very, very small. The first course was like 14 people. And, uh, and Carlos was my co-director here. So in Portugal, I'm his co-director and Brazil is my co-director. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I started, uh, the first course was 14. The second course we had like 30. And I thought, um, to myself and with him, oh, let's gonna make it a little bit bigger. And my dream was to bring Dr. Dean Toriumi to a cadaver course in Brazil. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, well, probably he will not. Gary, I, I have the same dream to still bring him to South Africa. And I said, um, oh, he will not accept, but, but I'm, I'm going to try. And I started to, 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 to call him and, and write to him. And he said, well, that's okay. I'm, I'm going. But he was like a few words <laughs> in the beginning. And, oh, my goodness, I'm going to announce Dean Turiumi and everybody will get so excited. What about if this guy doesn't come? And I was, man, till the day I saw him in the lobby of the, of the hotel. And then I, I could breathe relief because yeah. I had <laughs> 250 surgeons to watch him. And, uh, and I was like, uh, very, very anxious. And, uh, he came, wow. it was wonderful, an amazing course, uh, I think he was very, very happy. He liked it to be here. We did a course based on dissection, lectures, and and he made a surgery, uh, a live surgery. It was a revisional patient because the the topic of the course was multi-revision surgery. And what's the last frontier or something like that? And then uh, we, we got more in contact. And this year he invited me, he and Rick Davis invited me to, to be the third person in, in, this, in this course. It was amazing. When he first called me, um, because I'm very difficult to check my mails. So he, he, he sent me a WhatsApp and said, Mario, didn't you see your emails? And I said, no, what's in there? Well, uh, me and Rick are organizing this course in Miami and we'd like you to come. And that's it. And I said, man, they are asking me to be professor in this course. And then I called to my wife. I called to Dr. Davis. I called to, to some friends of mine. And then I thought to myself when I was talking to my father, wait, maybe he's just offering me like a free pass for his course. And then I write, so what exactly you wanted me to do? And I, I want you to come and, and teach uh, the preservation, what you were doing, revision, how the way you do. I said, man, this is real. And that's how it uh, ended up. And, uh, and I had a, a really good time with him and Rick Davis, like, you know, uh, playing with the two, like, masters, giants in writing yeah, yeah. plastic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Th that's the way it yeah, was. Great, it was yeah. great. Sure. Okay, Mario. This it's so interesting to me hearing these these like what happens in the background. Tell me, how have you managed your family life with your practice? Well, I try. I try to to manage it uh, in a manner I don't lose my kids. Um, um, infant period. I, I want to see they, uh, growing up. So I try to, to be the, the, the most time possible with them. We had that's, um, we had like a, a bad time, which it took me out from the courses and conferences for two or three years. My, my first child, um, he, didn't speak 
So he had like a language delay. <clears throat> and I took it to some experts and, wow, it may be a, a, an autism spectrum. It may be blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, but I think this guy is very intelligent because he reads numbers. He knows what is happening. Oh, that's another problem. Maybe he's a... And, and uh, I lost 11 kilos and I'm not a, like a fat guy. So it was like a three years of concern. And then this guy just started to speak. And, you know, uh, he started to look to your eyes. And uh, 2019, during the first preservation in Nice, I went to Dr. Saban and I said, Dr. Saban, I'm not very well because of this. This is relax. It happens the same with my my oldest uh, son. And you're going to see these guys who takes a, a, a long time to speak. They usually are smarter than the other ones. And uh, thank God it was what, uh, what happened. This, uh, wow. My boy is like wow. uh, amazing, very, very intelligent. But it kept me for uh, three years uh, apart. Of course, I went to the programs, but I was not like focused. And I think this uh, Cameron just uh, made me to especially devoted to my family. So I try to spend mm -hmm. the, the most time possible with them. I love rhinoplasty. I love facial plastic surgery. Of course, I want to be successful, but, uh, but uh, it changed my life this, this two or three years period. Yeah. And thanks yeah. God, it was yeah. just like an, an alert. It was anything more serious. Yeah. As, yeah. No, a hundred percent. Okay. So let's, let's talking about focus. I want to come focus a little bit more on the whole preservation side of things. Um, cause I, I, yeah, I'm considering maybe doing a whole preservation podcast thing, but from your perspective, I mean, having visited Wilson more than 10 years ago, I'd really want to know what your kind of, your go-to techniques are in terms of uh, preservation on the one hand and on the other hand, possibly like, because it's a thing that around the world, people are kind of jumping on the bandwagon. So what are kind of some of your cautions be and some of your encouragements be around preservation? So it's the three things is your preferred techniques, what, what things are to be careful about and um, yeah, how to encourage people around preservation. Okay. So uh, my journey started in 2005. That's where I learned preservation. I learned it before learning uh, structural rhinoplasty. And uh, what happened for um, almost eight years, I performed only preservation. But it was uh, what today I call pure preservation, which is just make your bone cuts, just working your septum and low the dorsum. We could not really uh, move and, and change the shape, the intrinsic shape of the dorsum. Why? Because we didn't know what we know now. All the anatomy um, rebirth of rhinoplasty made us to look in a very special way. And because I, I couldn't change all the noses around 2013, no, 2014 and 15, <coughs> I, I started to go more and more to structure rhinoplasty, especially because of the social media. 
people saw the noses in social media and wanted more refined nose uh, from the beginning. They want to take the, the, the tape and see a nice, smooth and refined um, nose, which I could, not only me, no one could get with the 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 early uh, techniques in preservation. It's not the technique because I do the same technique, but with some refinements. And then I stop. I did. I never stop it, but I just decrease so much my my rate of, of preservation that I was doing like uh, tw only twenty percent of primary cases preservation. And when we had the first uh, preservation meet in Nice. Uh, everyone was expecting me to say, because I had a, a long journey in preservation, and I said, man, I'm just doing 20% because I have problems with this, with this, with this, with uh, radix, maintenance, and everyone like, whoa, what's happening? But then with all these new surface techniques, like uh, the Ballerina, we did this technique we called lateral split for many, many years with Dave's, but we are, were really shy. We just uh, undermined a little bit between the bone and cartilaginous vault, but we didn't detach all the way down the piriform uh, uh, ligament, so we could not change it. And we end up putting like some grafts on the on the radix and some grafts on the suprative. That's so. Uh, I, I'm just telling that so people know exactly what happened in the way. So when we want, we had like a dorsal like this, we had to low, we didn't do that and low, we just low like this, we could not change it. And with yes. all this uh, new yes. perspective, and especially with uh, the possibility to use the surface techniques like the, the precision rhinoplasty, as uh, Emre Ilan in Istanbul uh, always advocates using the drills and the piezo, and the 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 cuts of the piezo and the ballerina maneuver so all of this just changed my perspective and now i i went back to 100% preservation so answer your question uh i'm not answering in exactly in the same way you ask it but first yeah. uh to um encourage the the people i think it's an amazing technique, but you must master it completely. Well, but Mario, I'm a beginner. So just follow what I wrote in a paper like two years ago in facial plastic, like uh, avoiding problems um, with uh, preservation. Uh, the best indications for preservation. I think that's, that's the name of the paper. And where I point the real very best indications where if you make something wrong, it will get better <laughs> with preservation. So very thin and right, uh, high radix, very thin nose, tension nose, uh, not too convex. And that's, I explain exactly the noses you should start. After a while, and, and I call it pure rhinoplasty, after a while, if you master, uh, the drilling, the reshaping of the pyramid, the ballerina maneuver, all the the osteotomy, additional osteotomies you can you can do. You can expand a lot your indications. And today, 
I practically do in 100% of my primary cases. Even, even, I wrote the paper, don't do any great noses. Even in the Afro or Mestizos noses, I'm, I'm doing and I'm getting some good results. And you asked me about my preferred techniques. <coughs> the spar, spar septal pyramidal adjustment uh, and reposition. We, we published in 2013. It was uh, the way Dr. Davis did with some modifications I, I published at that time. Uh, I published in a Brazilian paper because no one wanted to accept this technique, these different techniques. And I, and I, I know some other uh, friends who performed preservation had the, the, the same issue because it was not considered a good technique at the time. And I, I use a spar B, which is a low strip uh, technique. I use a spar A, which is a high strip technique. Those are my two uh, preferences. Anytime I have septal deviation or uh, deviated nose, I tend to use the spar B. If I uh, have like a straight nose, I, I tend to use the, um, the spar A. And in some cases for a mild deviation, I use it, uh, the Tetris. Uh, but I, I like to use the lateral Tetris, which is you cut like uh, we describe it. In fact, it was Carlos idea. I was in the paper just as a reviewer, but uh, we, we cut like the Tetris. And instead of fixing it uh, face to face, I put it like lateral. That's how uh, Carlos always call like lateral yes. Tetris. And it helps me a lot with mild deviation. So these are the three techniques I, I use the, the most. So to encourage, oh, how, how uh, about the cautions people have to take? I, I told you, uh, yes. read the paper and just be very cautious with uh, some types of noses. Too low radics, because if you make the wrong, what you can have if you make it wrong? You can end up having a chulo radix, a widening of the middle third, um, and a recurrence of the hump. So uh, if you uh, is starting, just try to avoid a chulo radix, uh, wider noses, and also very, very sharp humps. Prefer to work with a height um, radix with a flatter noses you want just to make it lower so because you are not very used to 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 deform the nose so try to 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 choose like a, a straight a straight dorsum and um and if possible in functional patients it works very much for functional patients especially males who are not very concerned about the shape of the nose and uh, this is my advice if you are starting. If you want to take a step further, uh, go and learn uh, how to reshape your dorsum, all the drill and burls um, instruments and techniques, uh, learn how to use the piezo, learn um, how to do the ballerina maneuver. So, uh, and 
dissection courses are great for that. And you have a lot of dissection courses. You have it in Portugal, in Spain, in, in, in Austria. It's, a, it's another place people dissect it very much. You have in US, you have in Brazil. We have courses on dissection all the year long. For the next year, we'll have like one per month. So people who want to learn have all these mm-hmm. possibilities all, uh, all over the, the, the world. And, uh, well, and, um, people, well, it, it really works if you master the technique. It's the best dorsus ever because you have a continuity between the bone and the cartilaginous, uh, vault. Uh, you will not able yeah. to reconstruct perfectly if you do, like, if you take the hump and yeah. so, and especially for deviated noses. For deviated nose, there is no other technique better than to preserve the K area and to move the K area on block. Oh, I, I spoke yeah. too much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, if you, no, a few months ago when, when I visited uh, Dean Turiomi as well and, his, and I saw him using this technique to straighten a deviated <clears throat> nose, it just blew my mind and I just love it, eh? It's so interesting, eh? And yeah. for deviated nose, because uh, I, I, it, it was really yeah. great because I, yes, I, I told you, <clears throat> I started with preservation and working in Davis Cleft Lip and Palette Foundation. So we had the worst deviated noses ever, and in two thousand five, uh, mm. we were uh, doing that, and I went back in two thousand seven. I I use it. it very often for cleft lip and, and palate patients because it was the only way to put the nose straight. Just a, a reminding me. Sorry. No, it's amazing. <laughs> it's so interesting. Eh? Sure. So, guys, today's uh, episode is brought to us by Gal Derma. Don't even have to tell you any more about Gal Derma, but thank you for them for enabling uh, this uh, whole month of all of South America. And uh, it's actually bringing us to the end of uh, the season. And I I have to take this moment just to say thank you to all the different companies that have enabled it. And I'm going to kick off right at the start. I mean, we started in February with Medhold and we had had all the guys from Australia in there and Yongju. And then we went over to Elegant sponsoring March. Um, Yeah, wow. Goxel was in that. I remember Goxel being in on a flight to Nice when I had to do the interview with him. And then Marina Medical helped us out and supported us in April. Um, Carl Stortz came through in May. Uh, Vectra was uh, the support in June. Medtronic in July. Um, last month in August, Pentax Loops and now Galderma. So to all those companies, thank you to the trade for supporting this podcast. It goes out to uh, literally around the world. More than 70 countries are listening to this. So thank you very much for that. Um, okay, so we've got that up. The last question I want to ask you, Mario. So you must have had some bad times. I know that two years that you were traveling so much was 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 difficult. But in the OR, I, I want to know a little bit more about um, Carlos. Yeah, he told me the funniest story about <laughs> when in his podcast about his his nurse having to assist in the <clears throat> and, and do the rasping because they had a big party. Tell me a few your funny moments that have happened uh, in your career so well uh, i had some uh, funny moments with a uh, uh, very uh, well-known uh, 
uh, surgeons uh, in Brazil and also abroad, but it was not on OR. <coughs> and uh, I'm thinking about some some of these moments. I have two very nice moments, but it must be off record. So I'm not gonna tell. I, I tell you later after you. <laughs> okay. okay hold on. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, this off recording. I, I tell these <laughs> these two stories, and uh, I have uh, a story with uh, with Carlos in Vienna with Davis when he got when he married me with his brothers. And we saw with Lesandro when we when he showed why he is a superhero, why he is the Iron Man. So I have these three stories. Uh, do you want to tell all, all of them, or you want to just to pick one of them? And uh, well, you got to remember this is for people around the world, so you got to pick carefully. We don't want no, these no, guys no, no. Those, those, to come up. Those are safe, safe public. stories. No, no, the, that's not the. I want to hear all three of them. Okay, no, no, I so, want to hear all three of them, please. These guys are, we've, we've listened to all of them on the podcast. So okay, so Alessandro, Alessandro, uh, well, everyone knows him and he claims he's very uh, like um, Tony Stark. In fact, he, in, in some years ago, he, he shaved like Tony Stark and he, he got the same glasses as Tony Stark and he indeed looked like Tony Stark. And well, he called me one day and we are chatting uh, and uh, I, I live in Campinas. I live in Campinas area, but now I live in a small city close to Campinas because I want to, to make my, that's where I grew up. It's a smaller city. I want to, my kids grow here and that's it. But he called me and we started to chat and, hey, Alessandro, you started here, right? Oh, yes, I started in PUC. And I studied in Unicamp, University, State University of Campinas. And these were the only two universities in this big city. And they were like rivals. They are always in the, in the, in the sportive, um, championships. They, they were only, uh, always, uh, beating each other. And that's okay. Oh, that's nice. And, uh, you know, man, it was a bad, time when people we started to find they met in bars and they started to fight you know Lissandro I, I had a, a, a problem in in one of these days I was dating a girl from from your your uh, university and we dated before I went to State University of Campinas she went to book and I went to uh, one of the first parties when I was in in, in medical school and then the guys from, from his university came and pointed the fingers in my, oh, you did that, you did that, and started to, to spank me and started to beat me up. And then showed up a guy yeah. uh, in the last year of, of medical school and stopped everything and, um, and helped me and saved me and my, and my girlfriend at that time. I stopped the fight and uh, do you know who is him? Because you are six years older than me. Probably he was in the last year. Probably he was in your... Man, I can't believe that. It was in Cafe Cancun. And I said, yes, it was me. I was the guy. I remember you were the guy who, who was being beaten up. And I said, yes. 
<laughs> and he said, man, I don't believe how life is, is so amazing. And I said, oh, so you are my superhero. You are really a superhero. You are really an Iron Man. So that's the first funny story. So the second, the, the second cool. one was uh, when I was, um, I've been to, to Portland and I went back to Lajeado and I brought my, that's another girlfriend. Yes, that's another girlfriend who became my wife. And, um, and at that time, Davis, he did all these stuffs in, in face, um, in face plastic surgery plus, plus breast implants. He used to do breast implants. So I took my, wow. to my, my girlfriend to, to update her, you know, just to, to, to improve, to put some, uh, implants, um, um, and okay, and after we went to his place in a, in a very on the mountains in Rio Grande do Sul, I took this uh, my girlfriend. Uh, she is because she she became my my wife. She is a lawyer, an attorney, and okay. There I met Romero, one of his brothers, one of the br brightest men I have ever known. He, he has like dual uh, PhD, one in Max Planck Institute, the other one in California Institute. And Fernando, which, who is a professor in the psychology uh, um, university, uh, and Dr. Davis, the three brothers. And then I was like in the beginning of my relationship, kind of uncomfortable. And, uh, and then Omero just showed up with like an overall, a black overall. He put some uh, paper, white paper here and pretended to be a priest. And he started, and because he speaks Latin, yeah. he started to, to do like, um, like a, a discourse in Latin. And oh, we are here to make uh, no. the wedding of these two young uh, couple, with these two uh, uh, people, a uh, person. And, Meanwhile, Dr. Davis were making, making with the champagne, um, wire, like two rings. And no. then I was like, wow, yeah, yeah. what's going on? Well, we are here to celebrate this, uh, wedding, blah, 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 blah. And uh, Mario, do you accept? And oh, it's joking. I oh yes, I, I accept. And now she's better with like the breast implants. No, now I want to, to get married. And uh, Deborah, do you blah? Yes, yes. And I said, well, okay, it was finished. And I told her, well, it's just a joke. And she said, no, legally you are married. And no, it's not possible. Yes, for the Brazilian uh, law, you just need some one people, one person to celebrate the wedding. You have testimonies. We have Dr. Davis and wife. We have Fernando's and wife. You have to do the right words. We have the rings. Legally, we are married. And I said, my goodness, I was, it was a trap. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, I, I got so scared and she was right. It has like legal power. But then uh, we, we got married and, and that's, that's finished. So it was my wedding trap. And the last... Uh, and the last one in the, with Carlos in Vienna, 
he was making a dissection course. I was, <clears throat> I had finished my fellowship. I moved to Europe where I stayed with Dr. Palma, with Sabon, with uh, Dr. Inacio Tasca, and also with other experts. And I was there and he called me, I'm going to Vienna. Do you want to meet me there? And let's, let's go to Vienna to, to meet Carlos. Okay, we were there, you know, I, I was a student. I didn't have uh, such amount of money and I don't have where to stay, Carlos. No, 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 you can stay with me. And then we got there and well, there is a problem. The person in the hotel cannot know you are in the same room. Otherwise, they will charge us. And that's a very expensive, okay. you know, it's like a, it, it was like a one, two or three stars and it was not a fancy hotel, but everything was too expensive at that time in Vienna. <coughs> and okay, so I'm going to chat with the, and flirting with the, with the girl who is there. He was not uh, married at the, at the time. And uh, I was like, uh, talk to the, to the lady and blah, 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 blah. You go crawling crawling uh, uh, under the balcony of the balcon of her, her table. She will not see you and you go yeah, to the yeah. room number, blah, blah, blah. I went there. When I got there, he, he went to meet me. And uh, Carlos, there is just one bed and it's like a single bed. How we are supposed to sleep here? <laughs> well, and it was so freezing, so freezing in Vienna. And he said, I have an idea and there's one blanket blanket. Well, one of us have the pillow and the blanket and sleeps on the floor. The other one just put your coats and uh, has no blanket and no pillow and sleeps on the bed. That's okay. Well, that's okay because you're paying the hotel. You started with the bed. And we did that for three days, you know, every night after being around <laughs> in Vienna, he went to the lady, he started to talk, I crawling, crawling. And then we, we switched The first night he was on the bed, the second night I was, and he was on the floor. And that's, uh, that's another uh, episode. It was part of, uh, so funny, yeah. of, the, of my yes. stories in, in facial plastic. It was, it was nice. Yeah. Uh, Mario, it's great. Eh? It's such an apt finish to the podcast, just laughing about these things. I love it. It's, it was re it's really cool. Eh? Sure, man. Thank you very much. Eh? Um, thanks for, for sharing. Thanks for what you're doing for rhinoplasty and, and <clears throat> just the fresh way you're going about it. It's such a serious, intense operation, but to have, have some humor involved. May, may, uh, so, may I do you. an invitation for you and for many other people? In November, 100%, I'm please. organizing. Carlos is my co-direct, my co-director, as I told you. Um, we are planning uh, this Nexi Rhino Anatomy course. It's the fourth edition, as a special edition. It's a tribute to Wilson Davis, and we uh, uh, the topic is preservation in Brazil. We have all the special names. We have uh, some most. 
we have a Falso from Mexico, we have a Carlos, we have Saban, we have uh, Peter Pagliazzi, we have um, Goxel, we have Boris, all of them confirmed. Uh, we have from Brazil Ishida, from Colombia Roxana, and also Lucas Patrocinio, Gustavo, and uh, and in online we have Dean Turiumi to present the push up. So it's a special edition. We have all these masters in in São Paulo in 11 to uh, 13 November, and I'd like to invite everyone to make this tribute to this to this uh, uh, very special guy. And I wanted to invite you to come. And uh, if if you, if you can come, we can make a special edition of your podcast. We can put all these guys together and make a special podcast <laughs> on preservation. It's gonna be yeah, that is that. And it's a uh, uh, dissection cool. course. Yeah. Uh, wow. And uh, preservation. So uh, everyone who's invite uh, is invited. So it's called the Brazilian yes, uh, preservation, preservation in Brazil. Is Preservation the, in Brazil. The, the name of the preservation in Brazil. So I try yes. to bring all yes. the all the preservation um, circles. That's fantastic to Brazil. So thank you. Yeah, and and we, the, yeah, <laughs> maybe in ten no, years. We, yes, we, we, we will talk about all the details after <laughs> after we finish here. But thank you very much, Cameron. It was um, a, a pleasure to be here. When you made the invitation, I got like a man. It's gonna be. I'm very anxious for that. And then I started to, to hear um, some of the, the more recent podcasts. And uh, I, I, I felt you, you usually you made all the, your invi invitates uh, very comfortable. And I said, man, it's going to be fun. As I told you, I didn't open a beer because it's too early in Brazil. That's cool. I, 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 and I, I, I just take it my <laughs> breakfast. Thank you very much yeah. for this. And what you are doing, it's cool, a man. great thing. Thank you, guys. And thank you to... That's cool. And thank you to all the listeners, guys. So that brings us to the end of season two of the Rhinoplasty podcast. Thanks for listening. 